phones on silent because then they vibrate <laughs> the hell out of the. That's yeah, the last thing we need is some vibrations. Right. All right, uh, Bennett, third time's the charm. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're talking dirty dough because there's been a lot of changes so far. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's start with the story though, because enough people will have enough time has passed that enough people will be wondering like, what the heck is dirty dough? Yeah. Um, so started three years ago now, no, four years ago, 2019, um, started looking at the crumble model very, very briefly. And what attracted me was it was, it was a cool concept, but as soon as I heard owner occupied, I was like, uh, so I have to pay money and then buy myself a job and then move out of state. Nah, like that doesn't sound, you know, appealing to me. So turned down the opportunity. Um, and then I went and did, I was doing sales in California. Um, and then the opportunity presented itself to buy into Dirty Dough as a passive investor to get it from a storefront, which started, sorry, a delivery only out of an apartment in November of 18. And he's like, I'm selling out every night. I want a storefront. So that's when I came in um, and he opened that storefront in March of 2020. Crumble opened up one in Point Loma, San Diego, and I was down there and I was seeing it just, they were crushing it. They were like, going to do over 3 million in sales in this little tiny shop. And I'm like, okay, we freaking need a Dirty Dough down here. Um, let's franchise this. The owner uh, the, of Dirty Dough didn't want to franchise it. He's like, I hate cookies. <laughs> I mean, it's just a lot to manage, right? They were doing everything was made in store from scratch, lots of employees. Everything was weighed by hand. And he's just like, I want out. So I ended up buying the business uh, two years ago from this month. And I thought... Really, I'd listen to a podcast and it said the way to build wealth is real estate and businesses, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I own a handful of properties. I've never purchased a business though. So I rolled the dice and I and I purchased Dirty Dough with no experience in food and no experience in franchising. But the intent was, okay, I'm running a solar company. I know how to run a company and I'm in San Diego. There's a cookie company in Arizona. Can I simplify everything and run it from San Diego? And if I can, how many other business owners have a little bit of extra capital, know how to run a business, but don't necessarily know how to make cookies, right? If I can make that model, I think we can really push that really hard. So that's kind of what we did in the first year. It was, okay, what do we want to do? What do we like? What do we don't like? And of course, we went to what's existing. And Crumble's by far the leader. So what are they doing? Well, they do these giant cookies, weekly rotations, delivered fresh to your door, um, a lot of really good things to drop to drive that top line revenue but when you actually dive into the numbers the labor and the cost of goods are really really high whether they're doing you know 3.6 million in sales like their last franchise disclosure said on their top end or their lowest was still still doing 734,000 it's like it's great numbers on the top line but the bottom line it just it just wasn't there so what how can we fix that and then I looked at other models, Mrs. Fields, Great American Cookie Company, Insomnia Cookies. They've been around for 45 years, 45 years, and 20 years, respectively. And they have 200, 300, and 200 locations. Like, they're still doing it, right? Are we in a cookie craze? No, we're not in a cookie craze. No, I need to reverse that. <laughs> Are we in a cookie fad? No, right? These There's hundreds of stores that have been around for decades. Are we in a craze? Probably, right? Sales are probably a little, little bit abnormally high. So how do we protect ourselves from the downside? Well, how did these companies do it? You need small square footage, less than 1,000 square feet. You need one employee. You know, that's how you get through 2008. You need one employee with less than 1,000 square feet. 
Um, low cost of goods and low waste. Well, how do you achieve all that? You have to do central centralized production. So that way you're getting lower cost of goods when you buy, you know, a super sack of flour in a truckload versus a 50 pound bag of flour through Cisco. Much different pricing. I mean, we're talking 20 plus percent of a discount on flour and sugar. So we know we need to do that. And then we can now mix cookies. Right now we have a 500 pound mixer. So we're mixing 1500 cookies at a time. The next mixer is coming. It's 1200 pounds. So we can That's mix 3600 cookies at a time compared to the competition that mixes 65 cookies at a time. And then they're using teenagers, right? That they're huge turnover. You're always training new people. We use professional bakers. That's all they do every day. Then the competition is grabbing the raw dough and putting it on a scale. Little piece of dough till it weighs just right. Then I'm going to grab it, form it by hand, roll it. (laughs) And you have to do that with every single cookie. And you're paying minimum wage in Tempe. That's $12.15. In California, you're at $15. You're like, I'm paying somebody $15 to do this all day? Like... Yeah, that's it, wild. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> so it was to bridge the gap, it was all about can we find a machine that produces a large gourmet multi-flavored cookie? So the consumers love it, but on the back end, we still get all that robust model of Mrs. Fields Great American Cookie Insomnia cookies. And we mm. did. And we found a machine that makes these three-layer cookies which are freaking sweet. Three-layer cookie, you look at it, it looks like a peanut butter cookie. Then you break it open, there's chocolate dough and in the very center there's hot fudge. So it's like, okay, we're going to start going. <laughs> Game That's on. So we're going to go with that, right? Let's That's do so let's do that. And that really led to kind of the purpose um, behind Dirty Dough. I went through that. Like, what is the mission statement? And I landed on, it's my personal mission statement. Now it's Dirty Dough's mission statement. But it's to find joy and fulfillment despite life's dirtiness in ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. So how can we be happy? How can we be fulfilled? And how can we find that now? That's the despite life's dirtiness. Let's not wait for life to be perfect. So... To achieve that mission statement, I kind of broke it up to two pillars. One pillar is mental health. If you want to be happy and fulfilled, I've traveled to dozens of countries and you see people with nothing that mm-hmm. are happy and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You see people with everything that aren't, right? So it's not the money. What is it? It's, it's the mindset, right? That's mental health. And then the second thing is what's brought me joy and fulfillment is entrepreneurship. So I, th- I thought, hey, can we lower the barrier of entry to entrepreneurship? That's what franchising is. Here's the game plan. You know, here's the model. Mm-hmm. Here is the next thing you need is capital. Well, we're half the cost of a competition, right? The next thing you need is the know-how. Well, we've taken that out. You don't need to know how to be a baker. <laughs> you know, when you scoop flour, do you? How do you make sure that there's no air bub- bubbles, but without packing it? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I've still never made cookies, right? I don't need to know the answer, though. I neither yeah. do any of our franchisees because we've taken that out from them. And then as far as time commitment to run one of these stores, the biggest time commitment to run any business is typically your employees. Yeah. And we've reduced the number of employees by half. So now you're only managing you know, a dozen or so employees per location. Much more reasonable, right? <laughs> so yeah. anyways, a yeah. lot going on there. And then we also did um, to just further reduce that barrier of entre- uh further lower the barrier of entry to entrepreneurship we started doing mobile franchises yeah my favorite part by the so, way so super cool like yeah that's we're already half the cost of a competition well mobile franchise is even half the cost of that so it's super cool and then you're not signing a 10 year lease right there's not that much risk and there's not nearly as much as risk involved mm-hmm. your overhead's really low um just a really cool option we also have a passive model 
called corporate franchising that we've developed and we've sold quite a bit of stores like that. But just trying to get more people involved in entrepreneurship with the end in mind of how can we get more people, you know, more fulfillment, more joy, more empowerment. Mm, yeah. I love that. I think, I think the mental health is the amazing. I love the mobile franchise cause we we've been doing more of those lately. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's killer because you can just really break in. Uh, so before we move on to all the tech stuff, well, this is a good segue. It's Mike, good segue. CTO, Let's introduce yourself, in. man, and then and then tell us about all the 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 crazy side that you don't need to know how to do, but is very important, right? All the tech in the restaurants, man. Yeah, let's talk about it. So my background, uh, I've been building the restaurant space for the last five years. Got into it with review feedback. We were in dental offices, law firms, automotive, and realized restaurants were giving us the most data. And then how do we make that experience better? And so we automated certain feedback uh, to, to fix that experience, but realized there was a bigger problem within restaurants that we could automate and simplify more things. And so we created our entire point of sale system. That company was called Crisp. And uh, Bennett, uh, he was very convincing and brought me out of retirement to come back and build again, <laughs> uh, which, you know, restaurants are a very hard business. Like, let's call it what it is. But if you can simplify it, which has been, you know, a keynote in this you know conversation, what can be done? And so the, kind of the real driver behind it is how do you make these experiences better? How do we talk about that? How do we simplify the restaurant operators like back end data so that way they can know how the, to treat their employees better? How do you motivate teams to do better? And that's all stuff that we're going to do on the tech side. Um, so my last company, we had some of the top food and beverage brands in the state of Utah. We had processed over $150 million in gross volume through the system. Um, and everything was based on speed and delivering a better customer experience and knowing what your customer likes. At the end of the day, if you can have that insight, you can drive a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and so for Dirty Dale, it really comes down to how do we bring that into the experience? Everything from augmented reality to better loyalty system to uh, digital cameras and AI, but it comes down to how do we push the barrier on what's possible and with a model this simple, we can really do that. So mm. I'm super excited to kind of dive in and, and build a lot of this stuff out. Yeah, I'm excited. That'll be dope, man. Uh, so let's talk about, um, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Bennett, but this is always one that, that's really good, right? You said, you know, the things you need, right? Capital, expertise, capital we've lowered a lot of that but can you kind of dive into a little bit more of like the model like how some of that works i know there's i mean we we teach you know not teach but like you know part of our pitch is about you know labor and and uh raw ingredients and things like that like i said you mentioned that but also then like building the team right yeah yeah so on the model the goal is to make the most simplistic food franchise model. And I haven't had anybody challenge me that we, we're not there. Like, we still have a long way to go to what we want to do. Um, but we're a new brand. We franchised, we sold a franchise 13 months ago, and we have over 300 sold. Why the hell are people buying franchises like that, right? right. Um, one is the model, and the two is the team. So the model, and this is the easiest way to kind of pitch a franchise. It's like, just come into our store. You know, <laughs> right. you bring them to a store that's 722 square feet and that has one employee that's operating everything. It's like, oh, hey, do you want me to teach you how to make cookies? I'm going to teach you how to run the store right now. Okay. Come behind the counter, <laughs> grab a cookie sheet, put a wax liner on it. Let's walk into the cooler. Let's grab 15 cookies, place them three by five, go to the oven, open it up, put it in. Right. Like, yeah. where are you going to mess up? You know, you could trip, you could sneeze on the cookies. <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty simple. That's now, awesome. once the, once the cookies... Once that oven beeps, 
take out your cookies, put them in the warmer, and when a customer comes, put them in a box. You know, <laughs> it's not like, oh, where do you store this? And all of the like the, the raw ingredients of all the flour and the sugar and all that's gone. You know, the mixers that's gone. That that doesn't exist in the store. So it's very very simplified. So I think people are attracted to the model. Everybody's attracted to the model because it is the most simplistic food franchise model. And then, okay, well, a model's cool, but Bennett, you're an idiot. You're not going to be able to you know, do this. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> you know, no, no objections there. So I went and found people that had the experience. So first mm-hmm. we built the, the advisory board. John Richards is our senior advisor. His um, first big company was called Infospace. IPO'd at its peak was over $30 billion. So it's like, I want somebody like that on my team. you know. And since then, he's been an advisor and investor in other companies that have had billion-plus-dollar exits, several with $100 million plus. Then he's like, hey, you got to meet Steve Hart. Steve Hart owns Property Management Inc., largest property management franchisor in the nation. He's been running it for 20 years. So it's like, okay, cool. Let's get somebody with franchise experience, a guy with general business knowledge, very well connected. Then we got Eric Van Horn, who is like the franchise guy on the internet, right? He's <laughs> right. largest franchise podcast, franchisor mastermind group, franchisee mastermind group, um, has been a franchisor himself, franchisee. It's like, okay, let's get a really good board. In the search for the board, I found Jill Summer Hayes. And I'm like, Jill, you know, like you've built Maui Wowie. <laughs> we need you. So she started Maui Wowie in 83. Going back to mobile franchises, that didn't exist in 1982 because you know who invented that like the first one to do it was jill summer hayes and she ran that for a few decades and to this day ford 40 years later she still has franchisees in her system like that's a dream of mine like (laughs) how do you build a concept that people buy and they pass on to their kids like that's generational wealth that's awesome Mm -hmm. so she grew that to just under 700 locations sold it started a franchise development company was hired as a ceo of a brand that had one location. Fast forward to today, they have over 90. That was just in a few years. And then she's been on with Dirty Dough, really running the show. Had a few other really key hires there. We are also a food production company, right? That's completely separate. So I had to hire an all-star there. And Josh is the all-star. He did the same thing for another company on the food manufacturing side. They didn't sell any food. Two years later, he's operating two warehouses, 260,000 square feet between the two of them. Um, sourced all the equipment, hired everybody that did 68 million in their second year. It's like, okay, Josh, this is, you know, come over here. And he's like, cookies, you know, a thousand skew items. I'm doing over a million over here, piece of cake. So he's been awesome. Well, we're also a logistics company, right? So we need a logistics guy. Ivan sold his company. Um, last year they had moved 50 million in product. So I'm like, okay, Ivan, can you come move some cookies for us? And he's like, yep, no problem. So Ivan's awesome. Obviously Mike just introduced himself, you know, zero to said 150 million in orders transacted. I mean, that was the second year in. That's incredible. So let's get Mike in. Let's do the tech side. Um, Romney is our COO. He's been a COO of another franchise brand, food franchise brand with over 100 locations, a CEO of another cookie and drink company with over 40 locations. So it's like, let's bring the people in that can help us mitigate the errors. We're for sure going to stumble. We're for sure going to fall. Um, but how quickly can we get back up and how many of those can we, I guess, hedge off because we have this team with decades of experience in food and franchising. Heck yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, Mike, something that caught my attention because I'm, I love the, like the data, right. And like what you find when you start, like 
reviewing the analytics of things yeah. that come in, right? So talk to me about like how that applies to dirty dough, like collecting data, seeing things undercooked, long wait yeah, times. I think even even before we get to that, I think when you look at building businesses and why like <clears throat> some people might look at dirty dough and say, Oh, you've got three hundred locations <laughs> to fulfill, you guys are crazy. It's like, yeah. yes, we are. <laughs> I've heard and, it. I've heard you it. You know, but how do you do that at scale? Well, you do that through technology and you build processes that simplify and you can collect data to improve. And we've already done that in a lot of different ways. Everything from the ovens that were underperforming and cooking the cookies uh, a little bit differently on the outsides. And we've been able to program those so it's consistent and an employee can save a lot of time and error by just making sure that it's on and, and cook correctly. And we can do that at scale and monitor that. Um, and then everything from the checklist in stores, so that way it's simplified the in-store operations. And um, one of the things that I think should be known about this model is we want our franchisees to succeed. And when we do that at one location, we can replicate that out to all locations across the brand and help them win. Because it doesn't help if we keep that information siloed, but if we share that information of what works and how to improve, everybody's winning at the end of the day. And that's a goal across the brand. So. Um, everything from long wait times in stores, we're going to be able to collect data on that of how do we get that through. And there's things that we can do on the tech side, whether it's we give them line buster or self-order kiosks to help improve that experience. Um, cookies being messy or the decorating of the cookies. So that way, when you get there, it's that cookie that we're marketing and advertising. We can put that, put cameras above the checkout station and have AI be able to program and understand if they're up to our standards. Um, and then when it comes to bad reviews, how do we fix that experience and do it quickly? Because we know that it's impossible to catch everything. It just is. But it's what you do after the fact. It's acknowledging it, saying that the customer's not wrong, and then be able to fix that experience to make it better. You're going to win that customer back better than if it was just a first-time customer. Mm -hmm. So it's like giving us the opportunity at scale to really have and handhold our franchisees to make an amazing experience and do that really well. Mike's opening this old this tech world to me, and he's like, "We've installed these cameras, and it's going to measure. It's going to count the people when they come through the door, at what time of the day, and then how long they're there for." I was like, "Cameras can't do that." He's like, "Yeah, they oh can. yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's okay, creepy, well, man. now we can use you know we can use that data, and now we can give that to our franchisees, and now we know how much to hire." You know, so we're not overstaffing, we're not understaffing. Just mm -hmm. wait till we get to understanding sales and forecasting based on weather. And one of the goals that we have is to automate shipping of our cookie dough. Um, so one of the things that you can do based on weather, we can predict up to 95% accuracy what sales are going to be in two weeks' time and then be able to automate cookie and inventory purchasing. Isn't that crazy? It's possible. That's and, nuts, dude. And with this simple of a model, we can do that. Um, I think what would be fun to throw a wrench in it is how do we continue to market new flavors and get people excited and that will test and break some things, but that's part of what we get to go accomplish and really automate for these franchisees um, and continue to push the limits of what's possible. Yeah, yeah. And this is another big one. We've come because we've come a long way. But talk talk a little bit about um, you know the brand, the marketing behind it, right? Switching to Buck Wild since since the last one, right? Mm -hmm. I think we've had we've come a long way since the last that's one. We've had all the we've man. had all the Buck Wild. <laughs> Uh, videos yep. go out. They're they're freaking badass, dude. Yes, yeah, so, I mean you see the branding, and there's a lot of cookie companies out there, and they all kind of right. go through that same like, I, I want to be a cute cookie company, you know. <laughs> right. And 
And Buck Wild did these lawsuit videos that were fun. They were edgy and they got millions of views. And then they were featured on CNBC and Good Morning America and front page of Wall Street Journal. So it's yeah. like, that's a different feel and a different look. And I really liked it because it fit when with the mental health, like the mental health resiliency, like life's going to kick you in the face, but like have fun with it. You yeah. Know? Um, so we switched over to them recently for all of our marketing to really go a different direction because we don't want to be that same kind of cute, boring <laughs> cookie company. We really wanted to stand out and it's still definitely in the making, but we've, since they've taken over, we've done much better, you know, SEO rankings, uh, the store grand openings, all of that. A lot of it has been really improving and we're really getting dialed in on what our brand is, who we are and how we're marketing that to the customers. Yeah. I, think, I Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want to touch on the lawsuit and why you push so hard to get these videos out there and really tell the story and what the impact was. Because I think that's something that the brand and a lot of entrepreneurs like really resonate with and want in. Mm -hmm. It's not to, you know, say screw off, but it's like, tell us a little bit more why you push so hard. Okay, well, we are a one store company and we're getting sued by a, a billion dollar company. And I mean, my personal beliefs, like one of the core values of Dirty Dough, you can go look at our franchise page, it's on there. <laughs> It's, it's optimism, right? Like I don't expect, I'm in entrepreneurship. I know I'm going to get freaking kicked in the teeth. Yeah. It's how am I going to change that? So it was a big issue. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we resolve this issue while having fun with it? While also spreading the truth. So it's like, we're going to bring to light how stupid this lawsuit is. <laughs> we're going to put up billboards to make fun of it. And what it did is people like that. People like that we push back. People like kind of the the, you know, we're not just going to lay over and die. Yeah. And then what it did, everybody picked it up, all the news stations, and then it drove people to our franchise page, you know, or just our yeah. website. And then they saw on there, like, wait, these guys' cookies are way different. They do two-layer cookies, stuffed cookies, three-layer cookies. Yeah. Um, and then they saw their model, too. So, like, we had the model, we had the team, we just needed more eyes, and the lawsuit brought the eyes. And then we went from, I think, the, the lawsuit hit, we were at 90 franchises which is yeah. great. That was in like July when it was made public. <laughs> Fast forward six months later, we went from 90 <clears throat> to 300, yeah. 315, you know? Crazy. And it's like, it was really cool. So yeah. um, those guys did a really good job. I mean, they did some videos for Purple Mattress. They did the Squatty Potty one that a lot of people know, like a unicorn <laughs> rainbow ice cream. Like these guys are, these guys are awesome. Yeah, dude, that, that is hilarious. And and the lawsuit, I mean, did only good things for us, right? Like, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, not a lot of people knew about us. I was my calendar wasn't full until the lawsuit, right? I mean, it was full, but it got. I didn't know what a full calendar was. Like, I didn't know what it felt like to be in a meeting from nine to five every day. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. All day, every day. Um, more, more on the tech because something that we didn't mention last time is the is the big admin portal where everybody can kind of go in. They, they see their build-out checklist there, which is something that, you know, you're again, you're talking about, like, expertise, right? Like, you don't have to have the expertise of somebody coming in and saying, like, I don't know how to do this, right? Like, what permits do I need? What do I need to put mm -hmm. here? Yep. And so the admin portal is really cool, but to just shed some, a little bit more light on that, the, the new tool we have, CBRE. Love to. And I think you hit on, and what I hit on earlier was a lot about the in-store guest experience. And I think shifting to what happens behind the scene on the corporate side of like why you should even join Dirty Dough. I think that talks to uh, simplicity of getting into our system and having your hand held through the steps. We even had 
were on a podcast with uh, Ani of Glow Tanny, and he yeah. said he straight up said, "Hey, we're stealing your checklist." It's like, okay, great. Like, would love to help you out. And Ani's the he's a franchisor himself with over fifty locations. Yeah, you know, and, and a fra- like, yeah, and a franchisee. And he's our franchisee. Yeah. Um, so everything from when the the contract is signed with the franchisee, we have certain tools in place to help them find and have a really good experience. So everything from CBRE, which is our real estate tool. Um, if you use them, they are going to help you find the best locations across the U.S. with uh, the best data available from foot traffic to store sales to income levels. Um, to cookie household spending per month, which yeah. blows How my How do you mind. get that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> illegal. Hopefully they have some big deal with <laughs> they, big money. Yeah, they got I, – I mean, he kind of walked me through it, and then I failed statistics in college, so I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even try to ask it, it again. It's working, and it's crazy the amount of data that they have, so we trust it. Um, and then once you know your site is picked, we walk you through a checklist that walks you through how to get a permit, how to find the right contract. It's 115 steps. So it's like, there's nothing that goes, you know, under Sideways, the rock. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. We literally hold your hand, which is daunting it. for somebody that's never done it, but we're able to walk you through it and, and get those, you know, get it completed. What, what has been the average time for someone to get through the checklist? Have, have we figured that out? I mean, I mean, when someone signs to when they have a grand yeah. opening is about six to eight months if everything goes right. Which is fast. That's, like for yeah, a which franchise, is quick, that is fast is that we've been able to simplify and streamline. Um, and be able to walk through. And that bleeds into once you've had that experience with us, you know what it's like, um, how we interact with you. And then that bleeds into the in-store operations, um, everything from the point of sale system set up to uh, in-store operation checklists to the digital menu boards to the loyalty programs. Um, just making it really simple. Uh, we do say that we want you in the stores mm-hmm. to experience it. It is a hands-off type model, but we want you to understand what it is. Um, so there is some, some experience needed, but we re- we really try to make it simple for you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think just being a part of a really awesome company that's like innovating. I think that's the, I think that's the cool thing, right? Because Crumble just took like, it's, it's easier to take something when you're like, I have, you know, we have a cookie, let's make it sexier. But like when you can actually like change the front end and the back end of a company, like. That's that's insane. Well, I think so on that on that too, I think some people might say, okay, like what are the costs of all this? Because that sounds expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, our goal is to pass along savings to the franchisees and simplifying it. And yeah. um, I don't know if you've mentioned the startup costs for getting into Dirty Dough, but on the uh, the tech side to be able to do it, a lot of franchises per location are spending between you know two to three thousand dollars per month per per location for their tech fees. And we're trying to bring that down to under a thousand dollars, which will help simplify everything that a franchisee needs to operate. And then for us at corporate to be able to work with them and automate a lot of their processes, which at the end of the day, that's more more, more money to the bottom line um, and be able to increase sales at the same time. Yeah, the future of dirty dough. Speak yeah, future on it. Of dirty dough. Speak <laughs> on it, Bennett. Damn. Um, jumping or or tagging along with the the, the cost savings because that's. The whole model is built for the more stores we have, everybody's costs reduced because we get bigger discounts on flour and butter and whatever, right? Yeah. Um, we started out selling our cookie pucks to the franchisees at $1.20. Then we lowered it to $1.10. And here, once we hit 30 stores open, right now we have eight stores open, but we do have one scheduled to open like one a week. So here in a few, you know, two, three, four months, we'll have that and we're going to lower the cost again to a buck five. Um, and that's what we're trying to do keep going you know like 
Now we're all, we also have this really cool packaging and we're able to order it from China <laughs> and it's literally half the price, but it's thicker and it has an anti-grease coating and like the logo sticks out and there's QR codes on like printed on there with augmented reality built in. And it's still half the cost yeah. because we're able to leverage our model. It's not just, okay, we have centralized produ- production and distribution for dough, but now we can order packaging from anywhere, get the best quality, best pricing, ship it to our warehouse that we already have, and then <laughs> put it on the trucks that we already have that are already going to the stores. So yeah. now, yeah. again, I mean, that, that was a huge thing. Packaging for a franchisee on this next order, it's getting cut in half. So we're packaging costs were around 6%, they're now going to be closer to 3%. Yeah. So it's like putting 3% gross back in the franchisee's pockets doesn't hurt anything. Same thing, I mean, you you lower the cost of cookie even just by $0.05. Cents. That's about one and a quarter percent of gross that goes right back to the franchisee. And then you get Mike in here and he's like, hey, we got 300 <laughs> stores, plus I got all these other stores. And, okay. you know, what's our pricing for 700 stores? And it's like, oh, there you go. There's another few hundred dollars per month savings, you know, in yeah. payment processing or transaction fees, whatever. So it's, it's, we've been able to leverage the rapid growth as well as, I guess, the connections and the team to really reduce those pricings um, to push it out to our franchisees. Because the big vision, kind of to answer your question now after I ramble for 10 minutes, <laughs> um, is, is we do want to get to a thousand stores open with within the five within five years in conjunction with our wellness centers. So I could, I'll touch on that a little bit later, but going, we have a nonprofit associated with that Life is Sweet Foundation, and the goal is to educate mm-hmm. kids in K through 12 schools about mental health. Mm-hmm. So super, super excited about that as well. Yeah, yeah, excited to talk about that. But keeping in theme with the vision of Dirty Dough, Mike, the te- so we've got some of the tech already out there right now. Yep. It's like most of what we've talked about is already out there, but what's coming? What's coming? That's that's the fun part of what we get to build because the model is so simple. And when it comes down to a model like this, we're talking loyalty, simplicity, and giftability. And I think those will be levers that we pull throughout the journey of Dirty Dough um, over the next five to 10 years. And I think what people really need to understand is like this product is such, I mean, the average cost of a four box of cookies, $14, which mm-hmm is a perfect gift to send somebody. I mean, everybody knows edibles and how easy it is to send. Well, you should be able to send a cookie from a mobile app to your best friend or give somebody a gift card and let them go experience your favorite cookie or make their day better. And so we're doing that in, in the mobile app and then the ability to get a text message when our weekly flavors drop and then have VR to be able to pop it out in the, in your, the comfort of your living room, break open the cookie and see what it looks like. (laughs) <laughs> and so there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to do. And then the big question is, is how do we engage with customers across the nation as we build brand uh, collaborations and partnerships and drive that into loyalty? Should you get merch? Should you get uh, new products? How does a guest experience manager inside the store come up to you and say, hey, Dalton, like you're a gold member, uh, you know, dirty dough customer. Let's get you some free stuff today. Um, And on the data, what's cool is we can actually, we know that by giving somebody a better experience and surprising and delighting them, they're going to come back more often and spend more money. I won't won't reveal those secrets, but I know it's true. (laughs) Um, And that's what we're building into this type of model is how do you share that with your friends? And when we win at that, our franchisees at a local level will be winning as well. Yeah. And I, 
Yeah, you caught me on there because you were like just sending it to people. Because I was trying to send my aunt some cookies one time. Mm-hmm. There was no like no, I couldn't do it, yep. and it was super frustrating. So I just had to give her flowers, which is fine. But like you can't eat flowers, <laughs> and they die in like a day, right? But cookies, you can. the cookies last forever, man. Cookies especially last forever. especially the you know when you when you look at that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> but you mentioned the wellness centers, Bennett, and before we before we end with that, I kind of want to like cap cap it off with that because that's such a sweet mission but uh but yeah um you're talking about like you know just just all the things that the franchisees can look forward to once they finally get up and going with like catering and things like that yeah so i mean it's we're constantly we need to keep the model simple Mm -hmm. um but we also want to have a great customer experience and drive that top line revenue so like catering is perfect right Mm. especially because it's on our side, it's just a button on the machine, and then it's a little catering cookie, right? And we can still do stuffed cookies, and we can still do two-layer cookies oh, and three-layer so cookies. Good, and so then, good. so, so like good. catering is a big thing, and it ties into tech. Well, how and marketing, right? How, well, how much are we pushing it out, and how do we get people having a good experience and brand awareness with that? Um, gift cards are something really big as well with the rewards program that we just launched, and now it's refining it and really pushing it out because. If we're getting people and, you know, we're dealing with the uh, right, right now we're building the subscription model, which I think will be super cool. Ooh, so cookie subscription? Yeah. Weekly Damn. rotating cookies. Ooh, you know, you get your discount. Um, <laughs> we're building that out right now. And it's, you know, how can we really make it a, drive that top line revenue for the franchisees? Yeah, there's things that the franchisees can do locally, mm-hmm. boots on the ground, all of that. But on a corporate level, what, what can we do? But have like a sticky experience for customers. Yeah. Keep them coming back. And yeah. I know a lot of that is, um, I mean, the ice cream. Other cookie companies aren't really doing ice cream. So we added ice cream, and then you put a warm cookie in a bowl, two <laughs> scoops of ice cream, and then two toppings. And the toppings are the same toppings that we're already using for a cookie. So right. you have you add <laughs> so good. chocolate and vanilla, and then we have our eight cookies. Well, that's 16 flavors of shakes. And then you mix that with two options of toppings. I mean, we just had tons of products by really only carrying ice cream, two flavors of ice cream. And then with those same two flavors of ice cream, how about we make shakes, right? And then another 16 products, but we've still only added two (laughs) products to the actual store ops, but now we're giving customers a big opportunity. And then the cool thing with both of those, I mean, what do we do with our day-old cookies? Everybody just throws them out, right? Or you can gift them to somebody, whatever. We keep some of them because in a shake, it doesn't matter if a cookie's a day old, right? Yeah, so no we can use what would have been wasted product into a very high margin item. Same thing with the, you know, the the warm cookie in a bowl. That's a day old cookie. So how can we reduce waste while driving that top line revenue? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that because it, it really is about like the customer experience. And so when you can give somebody a unique experience like a cookie shake. Like they they won't get that anymore, yeah, right? Nope. And it's and even if you just like I tried it once, and those make fat people fatter for sure. But like they're good, dude. <laughs> they're good, man. But uh, uh, you know, perfect segue into no, I'm just kidding. But perfect segue into like uh, what do life you do when you're fat and depressed? Right, that's the segue. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to a podcast with Dalton. You listen to him laugh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but life life is sweet. Nonprofit yep. wellness centers. I'm excited for those because mental health is a big deal. And it's fun. It's fun that you can put something like a cookie and and mental health together because it's just it's a perfect match. Yeah. And again, uh, if you walk into a dirty dough, 
because all the other cookie companies focus on the top of the cookie, right? The frostings, and it has to look like an Instagram cookie. <laughs> In my opinion, that's what's causing the mental health crisis, right? It's yeah. people acting like they're perfect on Instagram and hiding all their shit. <laughs> and it's like, we're not we're not trying to hide that. It's our cookies, We it doesn't need to look perfect because it's the inside that's where the two layers and the good goodies and the stuffed cookies are. So. Yeah. You walk into a store and it says what's on the inside matters most, right? And the packaging, it says, you know, life gets messy and that's okay, right? The sweetness is found on the inside. On all the windows, it says we care about your feelings, you know, in touch with our feelings. Yeah. So there was a lot of correlations with that um, to spread that message to every customer who walks through the door. But then obviously to go a step further, we want to do a nonprofit. And okay, well, how do we teach kids what mental health is? Because they're growing up in a much different world than we are. You know, they don't know that Instagram's not real, you know, <laughs> and, and my daughter's like, oh, I want to go where this YouTuber was and this and that. I was like, that YouTuber is not a real life. You know, you're not yeah. seeing this YouTuber fight with her brother. You're <laughs> not seeing her cry on camera. Like, that's not real. And kids need to be educated about yeah. those things. So wellness centers are already popping up throughout the nation. And what it is, it's an old classroom that gets converted to a space that kids can pop in 10, 15 minutes to learn how to manage emotions, what are emotions and what skills and techniques you can learn. So there's breathing exercises and lots of different ways about, you know, breathing that will change your nervous system, change your physiological state. Some things are just, I mean, there's tons of science on just gratitude. You go in there and you write a gratitude card. Whether you want to give that to somebody or you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a, a break and you go color, you know, you express some creativity. And what these wellness centers are doing, the big picture of them is there's somebody there, you know, that they're checking in the kids and the kids are just identifying an emotion that they're feeling, you know, on a scale from one to 10, where are you at? Then they're going to go pick an activity. Well, I'm going to do guided meditation today. I'm going to do non-sleep deep rest today, right? <laughs> All of these different tools. And then 15 minutes later, they leave and they go back to class. And as they leave, they now identify how they're feeling. And they're like, okay, well, this worked better than that. Mm. This worked better than that. You know, this one didn't work quite as well. Um, but that's not something I'm like just nobody's really talking about that. Not no one. There's people doing it, and I just yeah. really want to push that. Especially like right now, we're talking with Pleasant Grove Junior High. That one should be the first one we fund. They're like ten, fifteen grand typically. So between us, you know, the community, the school, and that local franchisee, we can build a wellness center right there in the local community and make a difference. Yeah, and I like that the the wellness centers. My big thing on it, and we talked about this before but like building kind of like resilience like learning mm -hmm. how to manage it and then getting back out there with tools yep. because it's going to happen again yeah people right? call them safe spaces and i'm like sure they're safe but that's not what it is like sure because you can't always escape life right? right but you can take a second and practice a skill that you've learned and then go back out there so next time when you're bullied you know how to handle it you yeah. know it's not like yes let's get rid of bullying for sure right Absolutely. but that's not going to happen yeah. At least not overnight. No, no, no. So I, I agree. With how you. do we teach kids to be resilient? Yeah. Right. Rather than coddling them and saying, just avoid everything. And then <laughs> once you graduate college, your life's going to suck. It's, hey, let's teach you right now what to do in these kind of situations. Yeah. Because, well, and whatever word you want to call it, I mean, bullying just, I mean, yeah. You got, you have to know how to like handle it because it's, it's something that, that it's the Dale thing, day, age old thing that's like, it's out of your control. Yeah. And and whether it's like this or that, like something's going to be out of your control that's not going to hit you right. You know what I mean? Yep. And thinking about the cookies and your comfort food yep. and dirty dough and the wellness centers and everything you learned. Like that's what makes a difference, right? 
And so, yeah, I love it, man. I love, I love, you know, Dirty Dough. I love the mission and all that good stuff. Um, But before I let you guys go, how can we find Dirty Dough? You know, all that good stuff. It'll be linked below, but plug it. Dirty Dough. Dot com. <laughs> I was going to say Dirty Dough Cookies. That also works, but that, yeah. we finally bought the domain, DirtyDough.com. Dirty That's the best Dirty spot. Um, or Dalton. Dalton's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalton's head of sales. This dude, our guy. a typical <laughs> franchise salesperson, is selling you know a dozen or so franchises a year on a good year. Yeah. Dalton comes in with no experience and has sold freaking 100 yeah, <laughs> by himself. Amazing. And Killed then he it. leads the team with everybody else. So. Um, and then Instagram, you know, I think we have some some good content out there. If you want to go look at some funny videos, start with the lawsuit videos on our YouTube. <laughs> and then we did Those a really great. funny Christmas series as well. Now they're doing an office series. Next month they're doing like a rap battle. And anyways, <laughs> the, the videos are fun, very lighthearted. Um, but uh, yeah, go check those out as well. Freaking love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 40 minutes. I thought it was good. That was great. I thought we covered everything that was other everything. than me like talking super fast like I was on meth again. <laughs> No, I thought it was great. And like the shorter for our franchisees.